You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, folks, welcome back to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. For those of you that listen to this podcast primarily on YouTube, and for those of you that habitually fast forward the introduction, you know who you are. Uh, We have no introduction on today's podcast because everybody's going to hear what I have to say. I don't care who you are or where you are. Uh, This is the last podcast for discovering truth that we're going to be doing for a season, friends. And joining me today on this episode, you will enjoy my wife, Christian. And we're going to be talking about a whole lot of things, really just being normal people. You know, a lot of times uh, people, they get certain ideas of who we are in their heads, like, well, I imagine this person would be just like this or just like that. I think today we're going to let our hair down. Of course, my wife's doing more of that than I am, but (laughs) we're just going to be a little personal, real. Uh, My wife's going to make sure that I don't duck and dodge that reality. Uh, We are going to be scaling things back for a season, guys, because number one, we're having a baby. And... um, Number two, seasons are changing. So for those of you that enjoyed this podcast, here's the announcement. Um, The podcast is going to be temporarily discontinued for a season. We're not done with the podcast, but God has given us a divine pause. Um, When the podcast comes back, and I'm not going to tell you how long the pause is going to be, I'm just telling you it's a pause, uh, you will be able to continue to enjoy uh, what you've been enjoying all these years. In the meantime, I want to encourage you that have really gotten blessed by this podcast, especially those of you that are new listeners. Guys, there are years of archives and a whole lot to Bride Ministries that maybe you don't know. We're going to be talking about it tonight that we want to encourage you to enjoy now that this is not going to be such a weekly and regular production. In any case, uh, Christian, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Or should I say thank you for making me do this, Daniel? Well, Christian, it's been a long time. You know, you you <laughs> launched the Christian Business Podcast, and you did a number of very informative, enlightening, insightful programs, and then you just stopped. What happened? So, um, yeah, we were doing the podcast, and it was going great. Uh, last year, I launched the supernaturalbusiness.school and did a number of classes that the Lord had put on my heart. Then right when I kind of finished this uh, second class, Rapid Product Innovation, we got pregnant <laughs> and I got sick, like really sick. Um, so I had to peel myself off the, co- uh, off the couch every day. And so that really diminished my ability to uh, put out new content. And right when I was feeling better, we moved from Dallas to Houston and had to find a house and went through that whole transition. So it's just been one thing after another. And now we are, um, we being primarily me, I am 
39 weeks pregnant, over 39 weeks pregnant, and we're due in just a few days. So we'll see what happens. But that's kind of what happened. I am growing another human being in my body right now. Wait, you're 39 weeks pregnant? In two days. <laughs> in two days yes. So you will be a father very soon. Folks, I can't wait. Um, this is so exciting. We, we are overjoyed to be inviting our son into this world uh, very soon. Um, we are very, very proud parents. You know, Christian, um, we do live a moderately supernatural life, but in many ways, I don't know that everyone is aware of just how normal we are and how actually like significant the the, the battles and the, the challenges are for us that we are overcoming just like everyone else. I want to actually start this program a little bit by talking about the um, journey to pregnancy because, you know, we did get pregnant last year, but that wasn't the whole story. It was actually quite a road. And, um, you know, for many of you that are out there, you know, we, we are aware that struggles to get pregnant are real. And guys, we did not escape that part of the journey. In fact, Christian and I started trying to get pregnant in 2019. And we did not get pregnant until halfway through 2020. And uh, that journey, Christian, wasn't exactly the easiest thing for, for us and for you. Yes. I mean, your perspective is different than mine. I think Daniel always had this peace and just knowing that God's timing was God's timing. Women, we have like a biological clock and, you know, I'm kind of a super type A personality, which Daniel is too on a lot of things, but I don't remember exactly when we started, but we definitely was, it was probably over a year. And, um, it first initially started with just kind of the normal stuff. Like we, we, we cleaned up our diet, I think in 2018 and went through a lot of holistic stuff to just get rid of parasites and candida and just to make my body a lot more hospitable for a child. <laughs> you don't want it to be so super toxic in there. And Daniel, we, we both did the same thing. We started in 2019 and it was just, oh, we just take these herbs and, you know, take this little stuff to kind of help. And um, nothing was happening. But when we prayed about it, it was very clear that there was a timing. I actually remember being in heaven and, and um, go, you know, going to heaven and, and just getting a watch where everything in my life, including business and family and everything was just synchronizing. Uh, so that was great, you know, so you have this internal piece, but then you still have to work, right? You, you, you can't just have rely on faith. You have to actually do things to get pregnant. And month after month after month, it was just, you know, not working. And um, it kind of feels like you're failing a test. And I just don't really do well with failing tests. And of course, it's not like that, but it feels like that. Like every month, you're just not pregnant. And so um, we... I did a, um, like a little very mini fertility, you know, evaluation and it kind of came back kind of normal. And then I would say July, 2020 last year, I did a full exam to just make sure everything was, was good. And the report that I got back from the doctor was, and obviously I went to a fertility doctor. And so, um, you know, they have their own agendas was, 
okay, this is this, 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 you know, these are what your, you know, your egg qualities like and um, all these other numbers. Um, and we think that the only way that you can actually get pregnant is through IVF. And bef but before that, I would say two months before that, I started taking some, some traditional Chinese herbs and um, I had been taking it for two months and the, and the lady said, give me three months, you'll be pregnant. You know, you're perfect candidate for it. So I've been taking those herbs for, I say, two months at that point. She comes back with this negative report. Uh, you have thyroid issues. I had hyperthyroid. So my, high, my thyroid was pretty high. And at that time, I had felt symptoms of that um, pretty significantly. And I hadn't really shared that with Daniel because I was just confessing and believing that, you know, things were going to be okay. And then she said, so that you're definitely not going to be able to get pregnant by that way. You got to go to the end. Um, you have to, you know, go to this other doctor, the specialist, and they, they're probably going to have to um, destroy your thyroid and you'll be on thyroid medication for the rest of, and I'm just looking at her like, I don't come into agreement with any of this stuff. And then she said, IVF is the way to get pregnant. And that way you'll, you'll have a very high chance of getting pregnant. And I was at that appointment by myself, that evaluation, you know, the readout of it. And there was one number that I was looking to see if that had improved because that was what the herbs the traditional herbs were supposed to improve. And she just like, wouldn't give me that number. Oh, we don't have that number yet. I said, well, I want that number. It's an AMH number. And um, I said, well, give me the number. And she said, oh, okay, well, we don't have it. Okay. So, I mean, asked another week, they didn't have the number. I had to literally ask three times, um, but she said, that number doesn't go up. If it's below, it just doesn't go anywhere. So I said, okay. I went to Daniel during the, his break at, at, you know, at the office and I told him the bad report. And I just kind of cried and I cried. It was a cry of surrender. It wasn't a cry of um, sadness. It was, I can't do this anymore. I refuse to do IVF. I know the counterfeit of that. I know that that's not, when God promised us a child, he promised us we would have a son and we, we already have a promise of a daughter. We don't need to go to a, a scientific process where they, can compromise the genetics of our child in order to have a kid. And I actually told that to the lady. She said, well, what's your apprehensions? I said, well, we don't want our genetic material in a laboratory. I don't know how you get around that, you know? And so it wasn't about money. It was about the fact that I had to fully surrender all of what I was doing to the Lord. So I went to God and I asked him, what, what, what do we do now? Cause we're, I'm, I don't care what, if it takes another five years or never, I'm not going against what you say and try to do it in my own strength. And the Lord said, don't do anything else. Continue taking the herbs. And we, we did that. And so I'll let you talk about the fast and then I'll go back to what happened next. So I just said, okay, so that was a July, um, the, like right before Daniel's birthday. So it was actually July 7th. I actually remember the day and yeah. All this time, God was telling me very clearly, there are very few people who can bring a child into this world at the exact perfect time. And that's what I'm setting you up for. He continued to say that to me. There are very few people who are able to give a, bring a child into this world at the exact time. And that's what we're setting you up for. So, and yeah. So yeah, we, we were um, going through this, folks. I mean, it was, you know, uh, over a year that we were doing this month after month thing. And, and, and it was a little bit of a different perspective because from my point of view, I just believed like, well, it'll come when it comes. But for Christian, what she said is true. It really did for her feel like 
failing a test month after month. And, you know, there was um, an emotional roller coaster that went along with that. And don't think that just because, you know, we're sitting here serving God and um, sitting here busting demons upside the head and so forth, that everything just comes super easy. Like we, we have our own tests, our own challenges. And so right around this time, going into July, there were several things transacting at the time. Um, and, and, and one of those was the launch of the deliverance portal that we had been working really hard for all year. Um, and also we had begun to look at Houston for the move. And uh, we were trying to land a number of things, both for the ministry and personally. Like, And by land, I mean ensure the full uh, unpacking and establishment of several things um, in the Lord's timing and with the grace of God. And so, so God told me in, in, in July, he's like, you're going to do a 40 day fast. And if you do this 40 day fast, Daniel, you're going to land everything. And, and really at the time, I, I didn't have any intentions of using that fast to get pregnant, because if there's one thing you typically don't get during a fast of food is pregnant. <laughs> There's just certain things that slow down, right? And so, you know, I told Christian, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna do this 40 day fast. And of course she's like, you're crazy. <laughs> Did God really say that? I'm like, baby, <laughs> just pray about it, you know? Um, and, and so she prayed about it and she was like, well, I'm gonna do it with you. And so, you know, we came up with a strategy, we prayed about it, got the stamp of Jesus on it. And so we ended up doing this interesting fast where we each fasted one day, um, alternating for 40 days. So I would not eat for a day, she would not eat for a day, and then I would not eat for a day, which actually was more difficult than it sounds. It, because it, it, your system never actually hits this point of no longer hungry, you're just hungry every other day all the time and that that's you know it's a fast right it's not easy but that's what we set our minds to do and we completed the fast and it was actually during that fast that we got pregnant i mean <laughs> i remember the day and so it was like whoa after a year and some and all of these like challenges and the negative report the emotional roller coaster. Here we are on this forty-day fast, at least expected time, probability-wise, and everything. And 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 there it was, the promise of God. Yeah, and it was really cool because I remember in August I did a small little women's weekend thing, and Marlene was there. Dr. Marlene Carson, for those who listen to the podcast, know who she is. And um, we were talking about one good thing that happened in the year and one thing that was kind of disappointing. And I said, you know, one of the disappointing things was, you know, we didn't get pregnant. And I remember Marlene saying, it's so funny because as you were walking in to greet me, I saw you pregnant. And at the same time, Daniel was in prayer that Saturday and he, and he just, he said, you know, the Lord, the Holy spirit just kind of said to him, your wife was pregnant. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's kind of cool. And we, we actually went away to Mexico on vacation and, um, we were kind of weren't sure and when we got back, we found out and it was just truly amazing. So that's our story. Um, we, I just, you just can't be more grateful for what God is doing in, in, in our lives. So 
So Christian, um, you know, a lot of people are curious as to how you're feeling now that those that know that you're pregnant right before you're going to give birth. I mean, do you feel like, uh, you know, this is never going to end? Are you exhausted and tired? And I mean, you look great. And I'm not just saying that because I am your husband, but I mean, do you feel great? Yeah. So, um, I, I was talking to a friend and she's like, you have a textbook pregnancy and you know, you things hit right at the, at those times. I think that God has a special grace for pregnant women, meaning, you know, God is just really faithful and responsive to prayer. So when I kind of get too far and I just can't go any further, I'll pray or Daniel will pray for me and things just really break. But I have all of the, the normal um, symptoms. One good thing is that a lot of the thyroid issues that I had through prayer, just through, um, I actually remember when God healed a lot of that stuff and, um, it happened right, you know, in, in, while I was pregnant and just, I just said, God, I really need some healing and breakthrough there. And it just happened. I've never, I haven't gone back, <clears throat> but 39 weeks into it, 38 weeks. I mean, it's all week by week, day by day. Right. But last week I definitely hit the wall where I was like, I'm never, this baby's never coming out. And I remember it was last Wednesday, it was 38 weeks. And I just cried to Daniel said, I'm really sick of being pregnant. And I'm usually pretty good. But those are usually breakthrough moments. I probably cry once a trimester. And as soon as I do that in a week, whatever I was dealing with goes away. And so this time it was, you know, I'm, he's never coming out. I don't even know if we're on the same page. I don't know if he ever wants to leave. I don't know what he's what's in his mind but this has to end and my mom said he wants to come out he just doesn't know how <laughs> and that helped me um and Daniel prayed for me and um that helped so last week was my hit the wall exhaustion this week I had that burst of energy and we've been walking every day and doing all the things that you should do to kind of induce labor and help with that and I am super, super excited for Labor Day or his first birthday. So Dan and I have decided to actually have the baby at our house. And so we're having a home birth. We've been working with midwives. We haven't, I haven't actually seen a gynecologist throughout my entire pregnancy, which I'm very happy about because we like to do things holistic. So we're having the baby here. We have worship. We have a worship playlist. Dan has um, affirmation cards all made up. I haven't even seen them. We've um, prepared the, the space with everything that we need. We have our pool blown up. And the only thing we haven't done yet is ordered the food because we really look at this as a party, a celebration. We actually have our midwife angels here. They already been on assignment and been here with us. And I'm not, I'm not even a little bit nervous about labor. I'm actually super excited. I just can't wait. So that's how I'm doing. Well, Christian, that, that's really, really exciting folks. Um, I mean, I'm a lucky man, you know, uh, not all men have a wife that is as confident in the Lord as mine. And I am very <laughs> grateful. And so I get to be the catcher. <laughs> and the cutter, you're the catcher and the cutter. And, and the cutter, that's right. That's right. Courager in chief. <laughs> so, so Christian, as we uh, were putting this together, you know, you, you told me, you said, Daniel, I think that there are things that people want to know about you personally. 
Yeah. And you never give them what they really want. And so I'm going to make you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have the privilege of, or not privilege, or I had the privilege of reading emails from people coming into Bride. And the emails suggest that people literally think that you sit in a dark room all day, maybe with a candle, and you're just speaking in tongues. And you've got this phone, like a Batmobile kind of phone thing. And you're just waiting for prayer requests so that you can pray them. So you're just sitting there in a dark room, speaking in tongues. And it's like, oh, another prayer request. Dan Duvall needs to pray for my dog right now. Dan Duvall needs to pray for my plants. Dan Duvall needs to pray for my sister, whatever it is. And um, that's not true. You're actually super busy. And um, I wanted to first ask you, what does your day look like? What does your week look like? And how has that evolved over time? Yeah. So, you know, my days, folks, uh, my alarm goes off at 6 a.m. Most of the time, I'm up at 6 a.m. praying. Uh, when I go into seasons like the season that I'm in right now, which is the end of my rope after <laughs> burning the wick at both ends for too long, um, I get up more like 6 20. <laughs> but that, you know, that, that, that alarm clock goes off at six faithfully and I'm up and I take the first hour of my day and, and pray and worship God Monday through Friday. That's, that's my, my routine. Um, whenever Christian wakes up, I usually make it a habit of asking her the question, have I told you today? And she'll usually say, get off of me, but sometimes she'll say no. And then I'll <laughs> whisper in her ear, I love you. And she loves it, even if she's telling me to get off of her every time. So that's part of my routine. Um, you know, I brush my teeth. I do shower at least three or four days a week, you know, and <laughs> then it's usually off to the races, you know, my day starting at eight or nine o'clock AM. And I'm either on the phone with clients working on really tough problems. Um, working on really tough deliverance scenarios, inner healing complexities, all of that, or I'm training. Um, this year, I've diversified my schedule quite a bit. You know, in, in times past, I would coach five to six days a week. I would just literally be on the phone with clients, uh, person after person after person after person, just like from morning till evening. And over the years, God has scaled back, you know, in, in, in 2017, I took off a day in 2018, I took off a day right now. I do most of my coaching in, in two and a half days of the week and I'm training one day a week. So Monday is my training day. And that's for the DID coach mentorship program. Um, I typically take lunch and dinner and I usually enjoy those with Christian in one way or another. And, um, you know, some evenings I work and when I'm not working in the evenings, I'm usually bugging my wife, trying to take her on dates and make her play with me. But, you know, that, that, that always works out differently every time. Yeah, it's true. You know, when, when we first got married, he was coaching five days a week, at least until six, sometimes until nine. And then we did an intercessory prayer. And then on Saturdays, he would do recording on Sundays. So it was kind of seven days a week. And God's really changed that over the last three years and just slowly cut back. Um, let me ask you a question that's kind of a follow-up to that. What is your 
perspective and outlook on coaching in the future because you are cutting back so much. And when people try to go to DevolCoaching.com, they can't find a booking. What does that mean for people who are interested in sitting down with you and getting coaching? What are you going to be doing as time progresses? Because you're slowly, you know, removing a lot of coaching hours from your schedule. That, and that's something that we've been in conversation about quite a bit, Christian. And the truth is, guys, you know, I realized a few years ago, Christian as well, Dan Duvall can't save the world by himself. There's only one way to go uh, where God wants, and that's through training and discipleship. I have to equip and empower others to do what God has helped me to do. And so a, a lot of where we've gone over the past few years has been a build towards the DID Coach Mentorship Program. Christian first helped me to frame the Bride Ministries Institute, which has um, 10 courses plus you know, Kabbalah, you can, that, that whole series, but 10 major courses that provide a foundation for the ministry training, which is a year long program that allows me to teach people how to do DID coaching. And um, as I continue to scale back my hours of one-on-one -on -one coaching into the future, that means more training, not just for the DID coach mentorship program, but we're also diversifying trainings as well. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons why this podcast is being paused is because God is actually transforming what Bride Ministries is to the world. You know, for a long time, we've been this podcast. I mean, some of you that listen to us on YouTube don't even know that we have other stuff at Bride Ministries. It's like Bride Ministries is the podcast. No, we're actually a lot bigger than that. And as, as, so as we go into the future, we're diversifying training. We're not just going to be doing a year-long mentorship program. We're going to be doing quarterly trainings that are basically um deep dives into one area of ministry whether it's inner healing advanced deliverance ministry to the human spirit or the unlocking of undiscovered inheritance and we're going to be uh framing those next year so that people that want to be able to have some equipping but cannot either a afford the the full did coach mentorship program or b commit the time uh, can still get some of the tools to deploy in their local churches or contacts counseling practices, whatever it may be. And um, so, so there's a lot more training that's being developed because as Bride Ministries is being reframed, um, we are going to, as a ministry, become an equipping center to the body of Christ. That's, that's really where we are going to sit. The training, the equipping, the activation is going to become the front door of the ministry as opposed to the podcast. Of course, we're running the church, which is going through a local plant here in Houston but the training, it's, it's really coming to the forefront because a flood is coming. That's good. The other thing about the intensives that I think are really cool that we're working on now, and it looks like we're probably going to launch them in 2022. If not sooner, we may start with a smaller pilot program. Now that, you know, now that you mentioned it, is that there's also, they're like deliverance weekends, inner healing weekends, or um, spirit activation weekends. So with those topics, if you are actually interested in coming to Houston and actually getting some work done with a coach that um, Bright Ministries has released, then you have the opportunity to, to do that during these weekends. So you can come, you can hear great teaching on the topic and then sign up for coaching as well. And so that is going to be a part of those weekends that I think is really cool is that there'll be intensives that actually allow for your personal activation. So I just want to put that out there. And so just kind of um, don't, 
uh, rush yet. We're, we'll have more information, I would say, within the next two to three months about how to sign up and, uh, and to get access to those particular weekends. So another question that we have, because people, people don't ask us these questions, right. okay? They ask people who know us these questions, and then we get, um, <laughs> we get this on the back end, like, um, and so these are some of the other questions that people have asked, and I'm going to ask you now so that you can, I'm sure if a few people have had these questions more than one, what do you do for fun? What do you do for hobbies? Do you actually watch movies? Um, what, what's, once you're done with your job, what do you do? This is the truth. You know, folks, um, I, I, I firmly believe in work-life balance. Uh, there's no way that I would have made it this far if I did not have some outlets. I, 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 I remember in 2011, and this is a long time ago, you know, God put me on this entertainment media fast. Basically, I could not do anything. I couldn't read fiction books, um, no secular music, right? No, no movies, no television, no video games, no entertainment at all. Just basically, I, I had no job either that whole year. It was just like focus on God only. And, and I literally almost went insane. I, I mean, I, I was like hanging on by a thread and um, it was super intense. I mean, it was just data, data, prayer, worship, data, data, prayer, worship all the time. And, you know, my journal got bizarre that year. Um, the revelation took years to unpack from that season, but yeah, you know, uh, except for seasons, um, I, I do really strongly believe in work-life balance. And, and I tell people all the time, you know, Jesus, Jesus is often found where we experience life. Um, and we do experience life in worship. We do experience life in prayer. We do experience life in the word. And it's a big deal. But we also experience life in relationship and family and fellowship and playing games and having fun and going out and doing like, and so, you know, um, there is a place of balance that Jesus actually honors and, and encourages and, and he's going to be there in that place. And so I, I, I do not just sit there and pray all day, every day. I mean, that I think would be ridiculous. Um, I actually spend a lot of time chasing my wife around the house um, and, and she's really easy to catch now that she's pregnant. She cannot <laughs> run. Folks, she cannot run fast. So she, <laughs> she's getting snuggled all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean christian we, we go on a lot of dates i mean we go out we have dinner we go places we do sit down we watch movies sometimes you know i mean I, once in a while i'll play video games i mean i love board games i, I love uh competing with people and, and and um you know we just have barbecues at times now that we have a house that we can have a barbecue so th there are all kinds of things that we do that have you know very little to do with you know prayer and worship but it is a um, a life bringing experience and so in that way i think you know we actually are pretty normal people so i agree i will say a few things about daniel that you probably wouldn't expect or surprise at but he loves games of all sorts and there's just like a part of him that comes alive i don't know if it's an eight-year-old little boy or what but he just lights up at games, very competitive, good sport if he loses, but he just loves to play games. It's kind of funny to watch that. Um, <laughs> another thing is that I was telling someone I've never, Daniel can't, Daniel loves to dance 
And I've never seen Daniel. He just literally can't dance without smiling. Can't do it. Like once he starts moving his feet, his, his, he just starts to smile. And it's really funny. Um, is he a good dancer? Um, Be honest. I don't, don't lie now, baby. He's not bad. He's way better than me. Cause I grew up Pentecostal where you couldn't dance other than <laughs> the Holy Ghost, hus- Holy Ghost hustle. <laughs> so I'm a bad that hustle. <laughs> Other than what you were doing under the Holy Spirit, you could dance. But dance pretty good. He's he's pretty good. He's got some moves. He likes like the salsa, bachata kind of stuff. Um, he and just the other day we were out in the patio and we were dancing. So trying to part of what we were trying to do is entice our son to come, thinking that if we had a lot of fun out here, he would feel like he was missing out on something and wanted to come early to see what his parents were doing. So yeah, that's, that's another thing, but he's, he's really good at embracing all of his life and um, being able to put away ministry when it's time to put it away and just hang out. And since we've had this house, we've been doing a lot more hanging out here and entertaining people and having a good time that way. And um, he is awesome on the grill. Thank you. And by the way, folks, you know, uh, Christian is actually awesome in the kitchen. Don't let her business facade fool you. The woman can cook. You know, when we first got married, she, she suggested to me, I can cook. And I laughed in both in myself and outside <laughs> because, you know, I, I, I know millennial women and not to insult any of you millennial women out there, but you know who you are. You're like that man had better know how to cook if he's going to put a ring on it, because <laughs> if he thinks I'm going to be cooking for him, He's got another thing coming. And, and, and that's, you know, there's been some transitions. And so I, I didn't even know they made, they, they, they still made women that could cook. Just, you know, that, that may sound a little misogynistic. Is that the inverse of misogynistic? I was like coming to the marriage ready to go. I was like, I can cook, I can clean, and I can do my own laundry in the name of Jesus. And she's like, Daniel, I can cook for you. <laughs> Folks. She rocked my world, man. <laughs> well, we, so together, we do a great job. And we had our first barbecue a few weeks ago and we practice all kinds of meats. <laughs> we practice everything and it turned out to be incredible. Uh, I don't think we had any food left and people showed up. Well, someone showed up the next day to see if they get more food. I'm like, it's all gone. <laughs> so um, I think together we make a really good team. I season and you grill. There it is. But, you know, okay, so Christian, um, let's talk a little bit about this, right? We, we don't just do ministry only, right? I mean, yeah, Bride Ministries is actually transforming into a larger and larger thing. But uh, we also dabble in business. Part of that's because you are an entrepreneur at heart. Um, you also have a gift in that area that, 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 that's quite profound. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that side of it? You know, when I tell people, yeah, we, we, we are actually involved in businesses. Usually people are surprised. Like, how do you have time for that? How do you have time for that? I don't know. I honestly don't know how we do it, but we, we have a, um, kind of like a beauty business, hair care business called Aralux, and that's going, going well. We run that out of, out of here. And we have another business called Naturally Cravables that I run with a partner. And that is um, 
on this cusp of doing some really cool things. We've got, we have some really great opportunities that have just come. And it seems like everything just kind of collides right when I'm about to give birth. So we just had some really cool um, meetings with some folks who, who really want to take what we're doing more on a national scale. And I had to tell them, you know, great, but I'm giving birth in two weeks. So just kind of give me a little time. But um, so that that's awesome. And that's a snack food business. It's a healthy snack food business, naturallycravable.com. And then um, I also, like, as, as we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, do the supernatural business uh, dot school, which we have some classes. Dan has an amazing class on there. Daryl Crawford Marshall has an amazing class on there. I have a few. And um, that's really to try to help people learn how to do business on both sides of the veil, because a lot of times people know about business, but they don't know about how to operate in spirit or they know how to operate in spirit, don't really know about business. And so that is about bringing things together. And although I hesitated at first to do coaching, business coaching, um, I'm being approached more and more about doing business coaching. And so that's kind of come up recently as being something that I'm, I'm offering now is business coaching for folks. And um, what's cool about that is it's not prophetic coaching the way it's like, well, God's telling you to do this, even though I find that the prophetic voice comes through the coaching that I've done. I, I can, I hear the spirit of wisdom. I can, I almost can feel the scrolls opening up as I'm doing the business coaching, but it's um, being able to pivot whether or not what is required is something that is a spiritual assignment or a spiritual thing that God is trying to do, or that's kind of, that's um, going to take the business to the next level, or if it's something in the natural that God is trying to do. And so because of that, I'm able to go, we're able to kind of help people with both sides of that, because sometimes it's, it's usually both, but it's usually an issue of timing and when you do one or the other. So anyway, so those are the businesses that we run and Dan helps as much as he can. You know, now that I'm pregnant, I need a little bit more help some days than others. But, um, and I think that going into parenthood, we're going to be a lot more um, helpful to each other when we can. I also, you know, because we, I think Bright Ministry requires a lot. But yeah, those are some of the businesses that we run. In addition to Dan, you have the Covenant House Publishing. So all your publishing work comes out of that. And uh, the Deval coaching stuff that you do as well. So we, we run, I mean, we probably have a good, seven um, sources of income and we like to add more every year. We believe in uh, wealth creation, um, not handouts. And that is one thing that we uh, not only believe in for ourselves and model, but we want to help unlock in others. You know, uh, Bride Ministries is, a, a, is an umbrella where we, we, we believe that God is pouring out revelation for kingdom living. Uh, living on both sides of the veil, living in the blessing and um, the resources of a very, very rich daddy. And so there's a wisdom to tap into that. Absolutely. Um, I believe, so this, so this is interesting. And then I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a question. Hopefully this blesses people. Um, I think it was about two to three years ago, the Lord gave me the revelation of the miraculous realm. And at that time, I shared it at a bride tribe advance and people got really amazing um, testimonies from doing that. And what the Lord had instructed me to do was to really tie our finances to the realm of the miraculous, to tie to the realm of the miraculous. 
And there's all kinds of things that Brown's superseding principles, the superseding kingdom, it's a realm of, of miracles. But what we found throughout our journey since that time is that we are not bound by what, by a salary or um, by what we think we're going to make or forecast. When we need something, God opens up the windows of heaven and just pours and just pours out blessing. And so even, you know, getting to this house and um, decorating this house and getting it all together for our, for our son, um, it's just been an incredible outpouring of God's blessing that we just couldn't imagine. And whatever we needed, I'll tell Dan, this is what we need for to finish off this room, or this is what we need to finish off. And he's like, well, that's a lot of money. I'm like, I don't care. It's what we need. You know, this is what we're doing. God would just give it to us in a matter of days. And so we really are moving into this place of abundant overflow, open heaven. And it's on the back of a lot of plowing. I will say, Daniel, we, 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 uh, Daniel, Daniel had this revelation that we were tied to the ox and we felt that so strongly just being tied to the ox and working and plowing and every day from the outside, it may seem glamorous, but inside it was just, we're just waking up and plowing every day. You know, and we're going through dirt and we're going through gravel and we're going through rocks and there's nothing glamorous about what we're doing to build bride ministries and to build these businesses and to build what God's given us. And it seems like once we got to Houston, there's just this tremendous open heaven that just opened up over our lives. And we can't believe um, what God is doing on every area and every front. It's just been miracle after miracle, provision after provision. And what's even better than that is that the people around us are stepping into the exact same thing and they're feeling the exact same thing, which means it's a real open heaven because if it's just you getting blessed and you're the leaders and, you know, there's all kinds of stories about how that can happen. But when it's an open realm over you, then everyone who's connected to you and close to you in that realm are also feeling that same experience. And I was just on the phone with someone who worked for us and she talked about the realm of the miraculous and the same thing happened to her. And it's just so cool. And we're seeing the, you know, how people in our orbit are being blessed financially and, and coming into different areas of influence and abundance. And that's why we do this and breakthrough in their lives and deliverance in their lives. And that to me is more important than numbers and what we're doing and how many things we're doing is are the people around you being blessed and walking in and stepping into this kingdom blessing. Well, you know, and I think that's one of the big differences for Bride Ministries. You know, I, I, I'm aware that there are institutions in this country that teach the, the three B's of ministry, buildings, bodies, and budgets. And those are the metrics of success. Um, and, and, and for me, uh, those are not my metrics of success. As a matter of fact, to this point, Bride Ministries has never had a building. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to get one. And that's for our, the local plant that we're doing here. And we have a mandate for that. But, um, you know, I believe that the metrics are best described as actual, sustainable, changed lives. I mean, to me, that's, that's it right there. When you give me the most broken, the most distraught, the most distressed, and I'm able to take a journey with them and watch them take a journey and oversee a journey that is being led by the spirit of God and a permanent transition comes to that life where now there's stability, where now there's 
financial blessing where now there's intimacy with God where there was none before. Health in the physical body is being restored and it sticks and it doesn't leave. That to me is the metric of success right there. The more of those kinds of lives that are surrounding me, uh, the better I'm doing, right? And so that that's really, that's why Bride Ministries is an equipping center. We, we are constantly, I am constantly contending for more tools to unlock this kind of stuff for people, more revelation. And, and so uh, that, that's, that, that I think is something I'm very proud of as far as our, our ministry and the heart behind this ministry is concerned. Um, so, you know, I, I want to take a little bit of time, Christian, and just talk about the development of Bride Ministries. You know, we've actually come a long way in the past five years. And some folks that they're, they're just tapping into us now, they, they found us two or three months ago. They don't know. And uh, when you first connected with me, it was through a online Bible study back in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, I engaged in some predatory tactics and eventually you were my girlfriend. And um, I, I can admit that. I mean, it wasn't really that predatory. It was just, you know. Fishing off the company piers, what they call it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> And then you know the nerve to set a policy while you were dating me that says don't date someone you're moderating a group if you're if you're moderating a group. So, in yeah. my defense, I waited until the eight weeks were over before we first got started. But hey, you know um, when Christian first you know got together with me, everything was going well on the outside. We were at a season where Bride Ministries was largely this podcast and what we called the Fireplace Church. And I had a few employees and a few contractors and uh, we were operating at or above our budget every month. It, every single month was a faith walk. How are we gonna make the bills this month? How are we gonna meet our financial obligations? It was just faith every month. And um, it was really, in my opinion, poor stewardship uh, back in 2016, but I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, that was actually one of the reasons why I reached out to Christian in the beginning was, hey, I need some like business help um, because, you know, we're doing all of this and Bride is growing and I have no experience growing an organization. Well, fast forward a few months and we went through an extremely trying time at the ministry uh, where the rug was pulled out from under us. We went through some major betrayals um, some vicious attacks and slander. There was a lot of uh, betrayal and we had to navigate that. And that's actually part of the story under which we came together. We talked about that before Christian, that whole journey. But as we came into 2017, um, the, the Gate of Bride was still this podcast. And, and honestly, the church outreach was failing. I mean, by the time we got halfway through 2017, we were running 20 to 30 folks during our live and, and half of them had to be there because they were the, the group moderators. And so it was a, it was a disaster. And, 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 and from there, we began to rebuild uh, a, a whole lot of things. And that led into a season where we were building the Institute um, we were building uh, uh, through intercessory prayer in Dallas. We re 
engage the church as a, as, as a, as a live stream, which literally was just me talking to folks. And um, th that began a, a real transition towards becoming a training and equipping platform um, in a very real sense. I, I want to let you talk to the folks a little bit about uh, 2018 and, 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 and what it took to get the Institute up and running. Yeah, so just even before that, we I, I kind of noticed some things operationally that probably could run better with the ministry, but I don't really get involved unless I don't answer questions people don't ask me. So I kind of just knew that 2017, when things kind of imploded, I thought it was an opportunity to kind of make things a lot more operationally efficient. And so that was when we put the website in and start putting in pieces of technology that, that would help reduce the workload for Bright Ministries. So Daniel's coaching business can run a lot more effectively in the ministries. So by 2018, I really started seeing that Dan had been talking about training people for a very long time on his podcast. He, he's always vision casting. And I knew that if we were going to do that, we were really two years out. And so, um, we would need to first take these discipleship courses that are kind of the foundation of what Dan had um, come up with and put them into a video format so that people can take it at any time. And then use 2019 to really build the mentorship program that we now know is, um, I believe that's uh, bridemovement.com slash DID um, mentorship. But that's the mentorship program where you actually learn to do what Dan is doing. And so Dan, at that point, was working five days a week. He was also doing an intercessory prayer. We had been married a year, um, maybe not even a year at that point. And I just was able to kind of crack the whip, which is kind of what I do in the, in the relationship. Dan, when I looks up, he's, I'm always giving him an assignment, but it's always the next thing that we should be doing. And so we, we got together, um, videographer set and did all that. And Dan would just once a month record one program and would do it eight to 10 hours a day. And so once we got that up, we really could focus on 2019, which was getting up the school and the whole curriculum for that. It's a 50 week curriculum or 45 week curriculum and then start taking applications, right? Is that correct? And we launched that in 2020, not knowing if we actually could produce coaches, right? Because the question is, um, so the price was a lot lower because we were testing this out. Will this content actually produce coaches who can actually do this work? And we found out resoundingly, yes, that people were, um, and you can find these coaches at coach.bridemovement.com. And they are extraordinary at helping people get breakthrough, whether they're in severe trauma, SRA, DAD, or just need a little bit of help and everything in between. And so that was that whole process. And um, for Daniel, it was grueling. And I don't think he appreciated or liked me very much. But on the other end of that, 2020, he's like, oh, Bride Ministries Institute is so brilliant. I'm so glad I came up with that idea. <laughs> he's like, and I'm like, yeah, I know. You know, so yeah, I mean, so that's, that's Bride Ministries Institute. Um, and, and then the next thing that we really needed to do was figure out how to plug a hole between, um, we didn't have coaches yet. So Daniel and, you know, everyone who else was on the platform were pretty slammed. 
We had a massive waiting list for people who couldn't afford help and needed help, or even people who could afford help, but we just didn't have anyone to refer them to. And so we created the deliverance portal, which is deliverance.bridemovement.com so that anybody in the world who spoke a, spoke a decent amount of English or could read English could go on to this website, deliverance.bridemovement.com, fill out an assessment to say, these are the problems that you're having, get an email, and we will recommend, give you personal recommendations on exactly which prayers to pray. And then Daniel will sit at his computer right there and pray these prayers over you. And we have just gotten tremendous amounts of fruit feedback and um, just positive feedback at what God is doing and testimonies about what God's doing on that platform. And so what you do there is if it's, if it works, you leave a positive feedback. If it doesn't work, you can go to the next prayer or you can book a, a, a something with a coach. And so that's another thing that most people don't know that we have at Bride is that's completely free. All of, most, most of Dan's prayers are on there. Um, prayers from his books are on there, but now he's able to speak them over you in video or audio format. And that was a massive undertaking that we did last year because we are trying to figure out how best to bring the revelation and resources that Daniel has come up with to the body of Christ. Folks, uh, we've been running really hard. I, 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 you know, it feels like, and it, this is a weird thing because it feels like Christian, when we're putting our hand to the plow and plowing this stuff out, it's moving so slow. Mm-hmm. And yet when you look back, it's like, but so much happened so fast. It's really weird. But folks, you know, getting through 2017, 2018, and 2019 was was really tough because one of the areas that we kept getting hurt was with assistance and help, actual help, because we went through a season where we couldn't hold on to somebody for more than a few months at a time. And so the responsibility of the ministry kept falling back on Christian and myself and a lot on Christian over and over again and that really was a sore spot we finally made it out of there thank god and 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 we've really hit some stability now and we couldn't be more proud of the team that's that's with us at the moment um but you know at, at the same time this deliverance portal was a massive bear to push through the gate i i i'm telling you guys you know we were sitting there working on this uh the first day i went to record prayers nothing worked. At the end of all of my recordings, everything disappeared and got deleted. It was a disaster. When we finally got everything together and turned it over to our web developer, he got sick. He was down for a month. We didn't know if he was alive or dead. We were like <laughs> sending emails. We were like, where are you? Of course, he's overseas, so we couldn't phone him. But, you know, we tried Skype, like dead, no just, answer. Yeah. If you're dead, just tell us, you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> And it was just like one delay after another, after another. And, and, you know, we just got our hands on the plow. It's just like, gosh, you know, we're fighting this battle and we're trying to make sure our coaches in training, like stay afloat because everyone feels like they're drowning and trying to keep the church going and the podcast and the businesses. I mean, yeah. And, and get pregnant at the same time, go figure. Right. So all of these things are actually happening at the same time. And it's, it's, it's been a wild ride and somehow God makes it work. You know, not only that, but as soon as we got done with, 
you know, the 2020 year. And it's just like, wow, we can finally like, you know, just move and wind down. Christian was telling me, she's like, move and wind down only? No, let's do another project entirely, maybe two. Let's launch a network. And I'm like, what's a network? Why would we launch a network? Now, I have a whole lot of uh, training that I'm going to release in the coming future called Understanding Survivors, which is based on countless hours of uh, uh, survivor support groups and conversations that have happened in that context, pulling wisdom and nuggets from those conversations and putting them in one place so that survivors understand themselves and the body of Christ understands survivors. And um, I was thinking, well, you know, let's just start a, uh, a school and put it on the school. And, and she said, no, we can do better. Facebook is pathetic. Let's build our own network. And um, manifest.space was birthed. Chris, you want to talk a little bit about the birthing of that from your yeah, perspective? Sure. Yeah, so I, one thing that makes me absolutely incensed is how much Facebook has become the thought police. And Twitter, Facebook, Instagram have now attempted to censor what we're supposed to say and what we can say around Corona and COVID and, and everything else. And so I think there's kind of a matter of time. I actually know of someone who has a non-controversial page at all, but was a part of the Trump administration in some form who had uh, their Facebook uh, page completely taken down during the election. And so I know that there's kind of a matter of time that Dan's going to say something that's going to really make some people angry and, and, and his page may go down. So instead of just having a place where it's a training center, I wanted to have our own social media space, which is our own Facebook. So instead of just having a Facebook group or on Facebook, where um, you we can actually gather together as a community, have conversations that are unfiltered and censored. Um, obviously, we don't want to put triggering things and vulgar things on, the, on our page, but um, real honest conversations and gather together survivors, coaches, and people who are just seeking destiny and um, just be able to post and to take classes and to learn from each other in aggregating groups. Dan does a live Q&A that's free every month where people get on for an hour and just ask questions and they're able to touch and feel Dan and get a lot more contact with him. What surprised me most about launching this network in January is how active the people in our network are. I had no idea. I thought Dan was going to have to post, you know, three and four or five times, uh, you know, at least once a day, twice a day. And the truth is, I don't think they care whether or not Dan's on the platform at all. They just wanted no. to they wanted a place to be able to talk and to be able to share, to share their thoughts and conspiracy theories. And we've got about 25, I don't know, about 20 topics, whether it's the kingdom of God, politics, family and marriage business, there's all kinds of topics. And people just share their articles and respond and encourage each other and bless, you know, bless each other and pray for each other. So what I didn't expect is how much the network just grew. I mean, it's only been four months. It has really got a life of its own. These groups have a life of their own. And they operate independent of Daniel. Of course, they love to hear what Daniel has to say, but it is um, it is not sufficient <laughs> for them. I think that they're really uh, great about moving forward in that. So that's really awesome. Um, I did want to talk really quickly about the Bride Ministries app that we launched in 2020. We had like a slew of products, a slew of uh, <laughs> right, because 
because we just <laughs> forgot about the app, right? Yeah. So you just app? go to your, you know, your iTunes store, your Google Play store, and you can look up Bride Ministries and you'll see this beautiful app that we develop where you get our sermons for free, podcasts, a lot of our latest events and that we're doing all there and notifications of stuff. So we do, we've done that. Um, and we've done a member portal as well. We set that up in 2020. I mean, 20, between 2019 and 2020, we probably launched about five or six new, at least new technology projects. Because our thought, my thought was, if we're going to be an online ministry, we better be the, one of the best in terms of providing you with cutting edge ways to receive um, the things that God's doing in, in our ministry. So yeah, we got, we, there's a lot going on, but Daniel, I have a question for you that I know people are wondering. Yes. And, um, that is how do you construct a prayer? So we have all these prayer resources. That's part of what we do at Bright Ministries. We equip people. How do you construct a prayer and how do you release it and know that it actually is going to work? That's a great question. So, you know, my, my journey with constructing prayers began in Bible school, where I learned to pray the word. They taught all the promises of God are yes in him and amen in him to the glory of God through us. So the word of God is full of his promises and you stand on the word. And I, I, I own that. I will not let that go. And so I, I uh, use those principles first to engineer a prayer that would help me sleep because back, you know, going back to 2008, 2009, I was still getting attacked in my sleep, sleep paralysis, waking myself up out of dreams, getting harassed from time to time. You know, it had waned over the years. It kind of hit a climax when I was in high school and early college and began to wane as I turned my life over to God, went to Bible school, but it, it didn't go away. I mean, I was still getting hammered and as I began to uh, seek God for how the devil was getting in, what's his strategy? What's his door? How's he doing this to me? I got answers, you know, ask and it will be answered, seek and you'll find, knock and it will be opened unto you. And as I addressed those specific entrances with the word of God to combat that in a specific way, I unlocked glorious, peaceful, beautiful sleep for myself. And at the time, that's all I cared about. I was like, well, I got something that works for me. And I started to talk to other people over time, you know, and say, hey, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I really struggle with sleep, this and that. And I would say, hey, this is what I use for myself. Try praying this and see what happens. They would say the evening prayer and have a massive shift in their lives. That was my first revelation on I can map legalities to the word and resolve them and unlock the finished work of Jesus Christ in an experiential way to a life. Well, fast forward, the next step was learning to do that for uh, 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 getting people free of principalities. When I first started doing DID coaching and helping people, I stayed away from the principalities. If I found out a person was tethered to a principality, I'd kind of like edge my way around it because I, I didn't feel equipped to just, you know, confront these fallen angels uh, head on. Now it's a very different story. <laughs> but um, at the time, it was like, how do I deal with these guys? And when I would try, they wouldn't leave. And I could sit there for 20, 30, 40 minutes combating with these entities and 
you know, trying to get them out in the name of Jesus with the blood of Jesus, you know, and we go and we repent for this and we repent for that. Is it still there? Yes, it's still there. Or it's kind of gone, but the angels can't get it out completely and this and that. And so I took this journey on multiple occasions. I just kept trying and trying. And sometimes I'd sit there for two, three, four hours trying to work on one issue until we finally get the breakthrough. And Holy Ghost would lead us to the right answer eventually, but it could take a long time. And I noticed a pattern. That pattern was a pattern of legalities where if I hit all of these same legalities, I would get the breakthrough. If I did them out of order, in order, whatever it was, I was testing it and I, I, I was able to map it. So when I finally mapped it, that became the freedom from fallen heavenly powers prayer. And that was the beginning of a, a litany of prayer resources that were built on those principles and those legalities, mapping the word of God and revelation of it to these specific legalities that were holding things in place. So as I engineer prayers, I'm working on a bed of revelation, which, you know, the revelation that I have of how the spirit world works has come through a lot of experience, experience on the front lines. It's because when you're doing deliverance, either it works or it doesn't. And if your legalities are wrong and your understanding of how the spirit world works is wrong, you won't get a breakthrough. You'll just have to find an excuse for why it's not working. And um, my, my, my position is I'm not going to make an excuse. I'm just going to go back to God and keep trying to find the right answer. And that's, I think, the difference between us and other ministries that park because they have a frame of revelation that they will not go beyond. It's like if it's outside of this box... I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to accept that there are alternate timelines. I'm not going to accept that there are multiple earths. I'm not going to accept that there are entities that actually do live in other places in the universe. I'm not going to accept that, you know, it, whatever that limit is, they, they can't go there. So God can't map the legalities. And I just don't put the boundaries on it. I, I'm more concerned with people. So I'm mapping prayers with the word of God to the legalities that will unlock a breakthrough in different areas. And then I field test it. I field test it. And um, as I've gone higher into the, the prayer resources, I've had to lean more and more into my human spirits because I don't write these prayers alone. And folks, I mean, if you get into advanced prayers that shake heaven and earth, when you get your hands on extreme prayers that shake heaven and earth, my upcoming prayer book, which will be out probably before the end of June, um, these prayers did not come from my soul. I did not figure this stuff out because I'm smart. I figured this stuff out because I was able to lean into my spirit and my spirit working with Holy Spirit was able to discern very complex principles based on the spirit world and, 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 and literally translate it to something my soul could understand so that I could describe it. And that's become more and more how those prayers are getting written. I'm getting data points from working with people. They're telling me I'm seeing this. I'm seeing that often very unclear. I'm processing it through my human spirit with Holy Spirit. And I'm getting back data that's being translated from the spirit world. And then I'm able to scribe it. And this is how we've unlocked some of the biggest breakthrough areas that we've been able to carve out. That's awesome. Yeah, one thing that's interesting about your process is... <clears throat> Firstly, um, I noticed that as clients, I don't sit in on most of Dan's sessions, but sometimes I do. And it's so interesting that in those sessions, um, the clients, their favorite words 
that Daniel can utter are, I have a new prayer. <laughs> and so that's really exciting. So people are always kind of <clears throat> willing to sign up to be a little bit a guinea pig to try the prayer. And often Dan, after seeing, I've seen this with the Kabbalah prayer, I've seen this with other things where he didn't exactly even know what he was looking at. He would come down and be talking about this at dinner. And I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. He's like, I don't know, it's this template. I don't know, you know, it's this, that. You know, he'll go through and he'll, uh, get their response and their reactions, see what they see, see what the angels say, see what Jesus is saying, and then tweak the prayer more. And then there's uh, survivor groups that happen during the week and he'll take it into a survivor group and get more feedback. And so it's a much more, um, it's a Holy Spirit driven kind of scientific approach in that if it doesn't work, take it out. But if it does work or something else needs to be added, Daniel's very willing to add uh, very, um, keen on making sure those that language gets in there. And so people often ask, what does this mean? Can you diagnose this word or explain this word? Can you explain why you put this in here? And the answer is, I think for a lot of the stuff, Dan, you can kind of roundabout talk about why the legalities exist or what you're doing, but you can't explain every single word because some of these words are coming directly from Jesus to say, or they're what people have seen. And, you know, it's an angel kind of giving a tip. And so um, I don't think you understand everything in the prayer and that's kind of not the point. Can the same thing about like, if you had a car and someone just gave you a car, you don't really need to understand the intricate details of every system in the car in order to make it work in order for it to drive. You just got to know that it works and it drives. And some of the, um, technology in the prayer that, that Daniel has written down has come from heaven. And it's almost like a powertrain. Like you don't need to know the exact details of the brake system. You don't need to know the exact details of the powertrain system. Does it work? God's give you the technology, put it in the car, drive, right? <laughs> and so um, that's a leap of faith because sometimes I think we, we, we've become so religious where we need every word that we utter to come from the Bible. Um, we don't need it in other places, <laughs> but you know we don't care about the ingredients in your donuts. <laughs> but when it comes to prayers, you just want every word to come from the Bible. Sorry. <laughs> and there's also the other side of it where people will be like, well, why did you put this word in there, this phrase? And then I begin to try to explain it. And then I see this happen. Yeah, they don't understand it anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why are we having this conversation? Just, just, just use the prayer, it works. Um, so Daniel, I do want to ask this question. And you may want to throw this back to me, but this is more of a personal question because we're going in and out of personal stuff and bride stuff and everything. Um, what are you doing to prepare to be a father, to transition into from just kind of, you know, marriage and ministry to now parenthood and ministry? That's, that's a really good question. You know, one of the things that we really want to model at Bride Ministries is what it looks like to put God first, family second, ministry third. Um, Christian and I agree that far too many ministry families have suffered unnecessarily because that order has been dishonored. And the temptation to dishonor that order is, is huge. It's easy. And it's altogether too convenient. Um, because there's so much expectation, so much demand, you know, no matter how much you produce or create, 
it, it, it only leads to more work. It's amazing. It's it, it, more demand, more, you know. And so how do you do that? And, and, and the answer is by setting boundaries and sticking to them. So one of the things that I, I, I did was I said, you know, I, I'm not going to travel in April. April is going to be all about getting prepared for the child to arrive. And even when um, opportunity presents, you know, it, it was just like, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to not travel in April, May, even June. And uh, I've been folks working on my service. That has been a big, a big thing. It's like, how, how, how can I be helpful to Christian? I mean, she's doing 95% of the job here, giving, giving birth. My, my 5% is very important. And so I've had to up my service game and uh, really work on helping Christian to feel cared for, cared about, and a priority. And so that, that is another thing that I've been, I've been working on. I mean, I really have been working on it. And I don't know that I was doing the best job around January or February. And I had to make some personal course corrections and personal repentances um, in order to, to really step into that fully. And so, you know, going forward, what am I doing? I, I mean, we're, we're, we're taking a sabbatical. Like May is going to be uh, very little work at all really the only thing i'm doing is continuing to train our did coach mentees but other than that i'm having other people preach at our church for me and we're not doing the podcast and i'm not doing clients i'm going to be taking care of christian i'll be taking care of our baby um running errands being helpful so uh yeah that 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 that's what i've been doing christian what have you been doing so um, I've been communicating my needs. <laughs> oh gosh, that, folks, that's called brutal honesty. I, you know, I, I can't. I, I have to be so proud of her. I mean, she's this amazing. She just put it out there. You know, this is why because I think. Um, as women, it's so easy to take on just everything else. And I think Daniel was doing so much in, you know, what he's doing in, in the ministry that it's easy to just, you know, um, take on everything else and do it and um, just kind of accept it. And I realized that I wasn't really okay with all of that, that I did need Daniel's help. And his, one of his love languages is affection and physical touch and affirmation. And I realized that one of my love languages, especially in this season is service. And maybe that wasn't the case like three years ago, but now it's super the case. And so I had to kind of communicate that, that right now I need more service. I need to feel you, your presence in the area of doing things around the house or doing things in preparation for the kid, because I don't want to get buried under the weight of trying to do everything that I'm doing to pursue my destiny, as well as 95% of the house stuff and all the things that fall off. Right. And so <laughs> that's the truth. I mean, communicating that has been a big part of, uh, and we and, and helping Daniel understand why we need a recalibration and being a partner in that process 
and being helpful in that process of recalibration has been huge. I think another thing that we did that Daniel led was when we first got married, we had a marriage constitution and we had um, values, we had a mission statement for our marriage uh, per our counselor. We had values for our marriage and we kind of had our own tenets and things we wanted to accomplish in our marriage. Well, what we realized quickly is that on the eve of having a kid that that was actually insufficient because now we actually needed to update that to a family constitution, one where our family had a mission. So um, a family, had, we had a vision for our family and our children. And then we had kind of points of um, like value points of things we wanted to accomplish. And when we sat down and did that, that was actually really cool because I think our whole frame of reference is moving from, and maybe Daniel, I don't know if you've been there. I think we've both kind of been there a little bit. When you first get married, you have your destiny and your vision for what you want for your life. I have mine. And then we're like combining it together in some way and trying to figure out that, cause that's our marriage, right? That's the one thing that we, we learned very early is our marriage is not just Daniel and me loving each other. It's the scope of how much of our lives we share together, you know, um, and the more we share together, that's actually the more of our marriage we actually have. And so we've been, I think, doing a pretty good job of co-laboring in a lot of the things that we do. Um, it's one reason why we have one car. It's not because we can't afford another car, but it's because we go everywhere together. If we're leaving the house, either dance, you know, coaching and I'm going somewhere if he's off of work, he's like right here. You know, it's like peanut butter and jelly. He's just like right on top. It's like right there. So <laughs> it's not, he's got this separate thing going on and I'm off of my girlfriends. We're usually together, you know? Um, but then we're moving from that phase to more of like a dynasty and a legacy, you know, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children, his children's children. So what are we doing to that extent? Like, what is our bloodline about? What is our um, you know, family about, and what do we as parents want to leave our children? What do we want to grow them up into? And what do we want them to take over for us? And there's a um, generational blessing that God has for our children that we have to make sure they're prepared to step into because they've been empowered and endowed with resources. And so we talk a lot about generational curses and the things that you get from your parents that are funky and you got to pray, dance prayers to get rid of, but there's also something so beautiful about the generational blessings that we can pass down to our children and we can enable them to step into. And I think that's kind of a big part of what I'm working on, what we're working on as a family. It's just the dynastic aspect of it. What's the, the dynasty that God wants us to set up that exists well after, you know, we're gone. That's right. That's right. And so folks, um, with that said, you know, Bride Ministries, we are, we are going towards a transition, this major transition. Uh, Christian and I are in transition, the ministry's in transition. Um, and I'm taking a bit of a break. Uh, this podcast is going on hold for a little while. Uh, this is the last podcast for now, but we, we will be back. And I just want to leave you all that, that listen to this podcast with something. We love you. You know, this is a labor of love. Uh, I, 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 have survivors, but truly the body of Christ at large, at the forefront of, you know, my thoughts in my heart. It's, 
it, you know, and, and we want to see everyone that uh, is in connection with us. That's not yet, you know, come to new levels of activation, stability, character, increase, blessing, um, intimacy with God. And so as we move towards that, keep hanging out with us, get our app, get on our church. Yeah, you're going to miss the podcast, but you, you we don't, we're not stopping the church. Um, get on our prayer resources. Those are always there. Get on our deliverance portal. And, and for those of you that are, 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 are having the burden to help survivors, those that have been through the worst that this world has to offer, apply for our mentorship program, DID Coach Mentorship Training Program 2022. It doesn't cost you anything to apply, um, but we we see the flood coming and, and we are going to be a, uh, a house of equipping, training, activation um, to meet the need that is going to arise. More and more survivors are going to wake up every year to the reality of what they've been through. And God, God is raising up an army, but guess what names he has on his roster? That's right, yours. Um, and so, you know, you got to get trained. You got to sign up. You don't have to take the 10 years that it took me to get here. You could take one and just learn. So um, we, we just want to point you to that and, and, and look forward to the new book coming out, Extreme Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. Get on our email list. You can join that at bridemovement.com. And, um, you know, check out some of the other stuff we have to offer. Christian, is there any thoughts that you wanted to leave everyone with before we end this podcast? No, I echo what Daniel said. We love you. This is not um, this is not a goodbye. We have so many other ways to be to be connected, and to stay connected, manifest that space is another way. We can't sh- we can't wait to share um, the arrival of our, our of our son with everyone. So um, you can definitely connect with us on manifest that space because we'll definitely share it there, and we look forward to seeing you in other ways other than the podcast. So until next time, God bless. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.